0: Hello, I'm Amelia, and tonight on the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association, we'll be revisiting that movie classic that made goth girls possible, The Craft. Now, we've all heard of witches. There's Sabrina, who turned her boyfriend into a candle, Samantha, who wiggles her nose, and even the wicked good witches that live in the land of Oz. And tonight, I'm joined by three of my witchiest friends. First up, they might invoke the power of glam before they invoke the powers of beaching sharks. It's Christ!
1: Hi! Oh, whoa! I'm Cat Thrin, your friendly neighborhood cat girl witch. You can find me working love spells to attract every hunk in a 10-mile radius and fucking every possible dick that comes into my view. <laughs> but little do these cis boys know that once they have known this cat girl ass, they are cursed to be ardent anti-capitalist commie scum for the rest of their lives. So, to, if you want to join my polycule and also become anti-capitalist commie scum, you can find me at nbnear on TikTok. <laughs> this
2: is the trans representation that this car- podcast always needed. <laughs>
1: You haven't had a true cat girl until you've had my cat girl ass.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure all the boys are gonna be coming and lining up for that one. Um,
1: I hope next, so.
0: <laughs> next <laughs> up, their secret power is definitely their psychic ability to somehow make all the right moves in chess. Wink, wink. It's NATO. <laughs>
3: Hi! I'm Nato Kitch, and if you're a bitchy witchy like me, you're only interested in one kind of spell. That's right! There's no greater magic than your education. How does math work? <laughs> is dissecting a frog a pagan ritual? What does the Ek and Home X stand for? There are no answers because education is based on magic and absolutely nothing else. So go out there and get a predatory student loan today!
1: I'm pretty you know, sure. As, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. As insane clown posse positive uh, to I, us three years ago now, <laughs> magnets are magic. <laughs> you stole my joke! <laughs> <It> was
0: <gross. laughs> uh, as was As ICP did once infamously say, something, something, miracles, magnets, how do they work? I don't know. Um... <laughs> And last, but definitely not least, I'm not sure if they have the power of flight yet, but they sure have the power to keep it sassy. It's Ro!
2: Hi everybody, I'm Ro, and I was going to write a a joke for this week's episode opener, but then I remembered that I ironically spent all night last night in my friend's Discord server doing tarot readings, so I guess my witch Sona is just me. <laughs> yeah. Nice to meet you. Can you do my tarot reading? Oh, Please? absolutely. Stick around after the stick around after the episode. I'll be happy.
0: Okay. Well, my tarot card recently just keeps coming up with the Five of Swords, so I hope that's not a bad omen. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It seems to me that swords is one of those suits that, like, the further you go and, like, the higher the number gets, you're like, whoa,
0: that's that's way too many swords. (laughs) (laughs) At least I'm somewhere in the middle there, just like my sexuality.
1: (laughs) So what Um, happens when I had a tarot reading and I only got swords and the total number added up to 26? Oh, you gon' gonna die. <laughs> I mean, I did have 26 dicks in the last 30 days before that reading. Well, you know,
2: they do call orgasms le petit more. so,
0: yeah, you're gonna die. <laughs> Little death. Little death. Alright, so, released in 1996, The Craft is a movie. The end. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, All right, so the craft.
2: <laughs> Why? I Good mean, night, I'm not everyone. Lying.
0: <laughs> It's been a pleasure. <laughs> great, epi- great episode. So, so what's next week? <laughs> the craft is the story of three teen witches who find a fourth witch, Sarah, when she starts attending their private Catholic LA high school. Unlike her friends, however, Sarah is what they call a natural witch. She was born with the per powers and doesn't really need the power of friendship to make the magic happen, if you know what I mean, which is a good thing, because as the witch mother who runs the occult bookshop tells us, true magic is neither black nor white. It's both because nature is both, loving and cruel all at the same time. The only good or bad is in the heart of the witch. Life keeps a balance on its own. Alright, that was your summary. If you have not seen this movie and would not like to be spoiled, please watch this movie before continuing on with this episode. Otherwise, full disclaimer, spoilers ahead. Alright, everyone, so what did we think?
2: Um, I think you're correct. True magic is neither black nor white. As any white person who has ever gone into an occult shop in the 90s knows, true magic is vaguely ethnic. <laughs>
1: Like, the accent of the shop owner of that magic shop. Like, Baked all the music that plays at magic
0: shop. Well, okay, okay, to be fair, to be fair, the shop owner just had a Spanish accent because she's a Spanish actress. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay, but, like,
1: Okay, no, it was couldn't... a Spanish accent with her trying to do a British accent on top of it.
2: They could not okay but the point about the music like there's sitar there's like something vaguely eastern asian like
0: mm-hmm.
2: can you can you make up your mind please what kind I of I mean vibe it just sounds for? like
1: every single new age anya album that my dad used to play when I was growing up Oh yeah can your dad made you listen to anya too speech. Yes
0: oh, <laughs> <laughs> NATO. That's gonna ha- haunt my nightmares.
3: Right, Why more would like you B-Yerky do this? To me. Like later. Be no, York. but that's it's true. There like... is,
0: there is kind of, and you know, I, I will say that where this was in the movie, like every occult bookshop that I have ever gone into does play that style of music, which is like this kind of very new agey, like very. Vaguely, like, ethnic, like, it's borrowing from, you know, all sorts of things um, to kind of create this, like, ethnic, like, magical, witchy, meditative, like, soundtrack. It's
2: the kind Um, of music that, like, any white woman who would approach you to talk to about crystals and their meanings and their energies would listen to unironically.
0: Exactly.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. It's the kind of soundtrack... That white women that spell women with a Y, guess where they put it? Ooh. Or with a womb. Listen to
0: <laughs> Or with a yeah. womb. Or <laughs> both. Or both.
2: my god, we are just reading the white women today. Get ready, because it, it
1: only goes downhill from here. It really does. Like, why did I want to transition into being a woman? Oh wait, I didn't. <laughs>
0: Alright, Nato, what did you think?
3: I forgot what we were talking about. No, what what did you think of the movie? Before
2: We're talking about The the... Craft, which is the movie. Uh,
1: No, 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 no. We were talking about white women. What do you think about them?
2: uh, Yeah, Nato, what's your unfiltered opinion on white women?
3: I think they'd be better if they were white women's.
1: (laughs) That's very diplomatic of you.
3: Um, Oh my
2: god. How dare you say that right as I was taking a sip of my drink?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Alright. So on that topic though, I think think it is important to uh, talk about the the symbolism in this movie in regards to magic and also um the fact that wh- where this movie was made in 1996 uh which 90s movies were still kind of very you know segregated as far as like who was in lead roles this movie does feature uh which who happens to be black um and actually they rewrote uh Rachel True's character when they cast her to put in that racism that she experienced in high school because they didn't feel that it would be authentic to a black girl's experience in high school to not have her experience any sort of racism. And so Um, they, like, way overcompensated?
3: (laughs) At the same time, though, it's like, you did it. One non-white person in your movie. I'm so proud of you.
1: Whereas I was going to say, like, they did portray racism, and from my... 80s baby understanding of racism fairly accurately portray racism in the 90s. They also said unequivocally in the movie that 90s racism was equally horrible as 90s ableism and 90s classism. And I'm sorry, but, like, those are different things, but racism is still the original sin in America.
2: And they, like, really laid it on thick. And I think... In some ways... Like, okay. This movie is, like, a total edgelord movie. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're going to go so far as to, you know, cast a circle and, like hex each and every one of your persecutors into fucking oblivion, like, you have to have that kind of edgelord attitude going into it, because, like, the response is, like, equivocal to the offense, I think. Although, it makes for a good narrative choice, I guess, but, like... I mean,
0: I think... I would say that that's very true to how teenagers act, because teenagers kind of do think that they're invincible, yeah. you know, and like you do stupid like I, I was a teen witch. That sounds like a fucking movie title or something. You, like, Amelia? No way. I know. Crazy, crazy. Uh, nobody it's would ever have It's not like guessed. we
1: weren't best friends in, you know, high school. <laughs> yeah. No. I, yeah. I had like- no idea this was you. But, like,
0: you know, that was that was something that, like, me and my friends would do. We would do stupid shit. Like, I, I tried the glamour spell in the movie, okay? Me and my friends spent an entire day looking at each other's eyes and being like, oh, yeah, I can see the little flecks of green we tried to put in there. Yeah, it's working, <laughs> all right? Um, we tried to do a spell once with blood that we drew to get our moms to say that I could have a sleepover um like, did it work uh no because <laughs> because my mother found us doing that and, and then, then sent my friend like, home and was oh, like you're, worshiping you're definitely satan. not getting a sleepover
3: <laughs> from the makers of kids Bob. now you're worshiping satan volume seven
0: <laughs> I would buy that album. But yeah, I mean I think I think yeah. it's very true to how teenagers act, because teenagers don't really think about consequences. You know what I mean?
1: Um Yeah, no, the most realistic scene is where they're running every single stoplight while they're just talking to each other and not even paying attention.
0: Also, can I lo- can I just say that I love that the song that was playing while that was happening and that conversation that was happening there was called warning. <laughs>
3: Yes. there's yes. there's so many licensed songs in this movie <laughs> that's like Thus <laughs> i this mean yeah, right <laughs> at 11 minutes label. into the
1: movie we have the charmed theme song yeah yeah this movie and before was before that we produced have like a, a george harrison
3: cover by a, this
1: movie was either
2: produced by this movie let me try again. <laughs> this movie was either produced by a record label or had an insanely high budget.
0: <laughs> Let's see what the budget of this movie was. Fifteen million. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, and it grossed sixty-seven million, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Because I was like, into... the '90s, that's impressive. Yeah, and I'm it like,
0: was the highest-grossing more... uh, movies that sent movie that centered witches since 1980.
3: I was like, "Is this oh more or less expensive than Seed of Chucky?" I guess that's my like bar now. I mean, after <laughs> watching least. this movie, you
2: can see why it was so high grossing. I mean,
3: if I lose a vlog,
2: like, oh my god, it's yeah. like
3: the Juno of the '90s.
1: Little egg transcrite was like, oh i want to be at least four of the girls in this movie so yeah
2: <laughs> like if nightmare 2 was the movie that got all the gay people into s&m this is the movie that got all the teenage girls into being goth witches
0: yes yes this is, movie is 100 <laughs> percent responsible for every goth girl that has existed since 1996 I will die on the
1: hill. And every millennial that uh, has wet dreams about big mommy goth uh, milkers. Oh, for sure.
0: Speaking <laughs> mm-hmm. of the goth girls in this movie, I think that we would not do the discussion of this movie justice without talking about the aesthetic of this movie. Um, it is very quintessential 90s. If you think about 90s and goth, this movie is is it, the pinnacle. As far as the religious symbolism that was big with uh, 90s goths, like the rosary and the cross earrings that Feruza Bulk wears. Um, A lot of the silk and the prints and the velvet and the maxi dresses that are long and the chunky black platforms. Uh, So let's talk about that for a bit. What were your favorite parts of the aesthetic of this movie? What were things that you would have
1: done differently? Um. So for me, (laughs) oh sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll jump right in. Um The most unbelievable part of the movie was that in the magic bookshop, they had a literal altar to the Virgin Mary in the magic bookshop.
0: I do do feel the need to interject here and say that that is actually a very big thing with a lot of Latin American witchcraft, is uh, worship of the saints, worship of a lot of Catholic ideology. I was going to
2: say, as someone who grew up in the south the more catholic you get the less you are able to like parse it from witchcraft because hardcore catholicism once you get into like candle lightings and worship of the saints it's very witchcrafty vibes Mm -hmm. so that actually read to me is very authentic
1: that's fair. For me, from my white upbringing, it felt <laughs> inauthentic. But I will accept that I have a white upbringing, and I could be completely wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> um, otherwise, the aesthetic was just literal transition goals for me.
2: Mm, absolutely. Um, costuming... Um the repping of goth culture setting the story at a catholic high school so you get like catholic school uniforms which is also very aesthetic um i think there wasn't a choice in this movie that wasn't just aesthetic (laughs) you know what i mean especially when it comes to the costuming
0: Yes, I, w- I thought one so, part of hey, the costuming that was very... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Nato. So this this is my
3: thought on the costuming, right? I think Farooza who we've seen before uh, in Wall Tigers I've known a while back, um, I honestly think that she knocks the look out of the park so much that she kind of overshadows the other girls. Like, not that their costuming is bad or anything, but just like feruza like sells every aspect that like i associated with like 90s goth um and i mean like Nev Nev campbell's just kind of there for most of it uh but like i love feruza balk and like just her entire look and like the way she sort of like oozes sort of like that idea and sort of that style
2: That, to me, also reads as really, like, authentic, because, you know, when you have somebody in a room that is, like, all in on the goth look, like, they're pulling eyes.
3: You know what I mean? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm kind of sad that Farooza Balk didn't, like, get, like, more like, villainous roles after this, like, high profile, because she was really great.
0: She was. There's a significant change in how she carries herself, like, just how she's acting the role in general once Nancy turns evil. Like, Mm -hmm. it's... Before, like, she even speaks as evil Nancy, like, the way she is carrying herself, you're like, oh, she's evil now. Like, (laughs) there, um,
2: Yeah, it's really interesting to see, especially, like, concerning... Her story arc in particular like she really out of everybody in that group had like the most to gain and the least to lose and like you could tell that like the changes that she was affecting really like and I mean like they They really meant the most to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. which is kind of strange, considering that one of the girls, Neve Campbell, is experiencing like actual like harmful, like psychologically damaging racism.
3: <laughs> no, that's not Nev Campbell.
2: That's Rachel True. Rachel True. Oh I'm sorry. <laughs> You can edit Nef that Nef part Campbell. out, or you can leave it in and make me look like a dumbass.
3: <laughs> what will happen? We'll find out whenever I get around to editing the Uh Nev Campbell
0: was, in fact, the biggest star um, when this movie came out because of her time on Party of Five. Um, I think that's actually... Like,
1: I don't even know what that is at this point.
0: Yeah. No. But, I mean, uh, I think even now, Nev Campbell is probably the biggest star to come out of this movie having... Been in every scream movie that has ever existed. Speaking um, of which, is the, boy- mm.
3: the boyfriend's also in the scream movies.
0: Yeah. Skeet Ulrich. Um, yeah. But Skeet Ulrich did not have a lot of staying power. I don't think he's really been in a lot. Um, since was he then.
1: Chris?
3: Yes.
2: Yes.
0: I think Chris is his name. Chris is. Oh yeah, yeah. Chris is his name in this movie. Sorry, I thought you were talking about Scream, and I was like, I think it was Billy. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. I was <laughs> yeah. Gonna-
1: I I don't Um, remember Scream at all.
0: This is a great segue, actually, into, I think, something that we should definitely address in this movie, um, which is the themes of, I titled it in my notes, Racism and Revenge, because I like the alliteration. Um, But really, the revenge aspects of this film, and whether revenge is warranted or not, or whether, like, it is up to you to, like, you know, be the judge and jury, whatever, whatever. Um, At one point in the bookshop, the i think her name is lira yes
1: l-i-r-a is how they spelled it in the captions for the viewing i was watching
0: oh speaking lirio is what i'm seeing on wikipedia so lirio even mentioned something about judgment um so what is y'all's take on that is are these things uh or are Slights against us worthy of us taking revenge into our own hands, or should it be left up to like the universe, karma, whatever the fuck?
2: What's his name, Chris?
0: Mm -hmm. There's Chris, there's you know the the racist girl, Laura. Um, honestly, there's the stepfather that is abusive. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, honestly, I think Chris was giving me what's his face vibes. That, that guy from Romy and Michelle who, like, grew up to be, like, really drunk and, like, cheat on his wife and, like, mm-hmm. not do anything. And, like, he seems like one of those types that will just spend his entire adult life reliving the glory days of high school. So, I mean, like, but... I feel like <laughs> if she had done nothing, revenge would probably just have taken itself.
3: Yeah. But it's like comparing him to like the abusive father, like he was an asshole and he spread like a rumor about her being a bad lay. But did did
0: that warrant
3: like the actual
0: death? I think it is time that we bring up the most important thing in this movie for our particular podcast, and that is the queer coding in this movie. Um, so this movie does not have any overtly like homosexual or queer um, – Couplings or any of that kind of thing. Uh, however, it has become, other than the uh,
1: one moment where Nancy kisses on the cheek, but almost on the lips. Sarah.
0: Yeah, so there's that um, when they're doing the things, but overtly, like there's not really like a lot of of queer um, queer couplings or anything like that. Um, however, this movie is a sort of queer cult classic. Um, in fact, when the Craft Legacy was released on Netflix right before that. Um, in November of 2020, the North Texas Daily uh, wrote an article, The Craft, How Queer Coding Empowered Our Generation. And in it, they state that girls find each other through longing glances, realizations that they are like one another and are different from everyone else. In a society that does not accept you and actively seeks to harm you for your differences, it makes sense to hide who you are. The whole encounter mimics the search for the romantic attention and affection queer teenagers often engage in. While straight men and women can be open and honest with their attractions and thus easily find partners to fulfill their needs, gay teenagers risk real danger by outing themselves. However, this danger doesn't stop the search for similar experiences their peers know all too well. It only creates a certain amount of creativity through the use of clothing, social cues, and yes, longing stares. How do you all feel about that take on the queer coding in this movie?
2: Um, yeah, there's absolutely no denying that longing stares are inherently lesbian, and that any media <laughs> that uses longing stares as a trope is also inherently lesbian. I don't make the rules. That's just the way of the world.
3: It's in an
1: article.
2: <laughs> just that the way that true.
1: Chris, in the initial interaction he has with Sarah, is, oh, I thought you were one of them. Just like... That is such queer coding. Just right there, that one sentence. And every single interaction between the polyquad as my heart <laughs> wants to call them is pure lesbian romance. Also and female the stories of it.
2: Female stories taking place at, at a Catholic high school also inherently lesbian
0: again oh yes oh yes that's just the way that catholic high school is there is also something (laughs) inherently queer about witchcraft in and of itself um the ideas about what witches were doing in the salem witch trials for example is that they were going out to the woods together and dancing naked under the moonlight around fires and casting spells with their cats um all of that sounds very queer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> being honest.
2: I think honestly the fact that we're even discussing this movie it kind of brings up an interesting question which I think we've danced around on this podcast before with a couple of movies. But I think I'd like to outright ask it this time. At what point does the audience's queer gaze like affect the movie like is it the audience's gaze that makes the movie queer or is it the queer coding in the movie that affects the audience's gaze because the i think honestly of this with this movie, movie it would it could be either way around
0: the director of this movie is actually Andrew Fleming um who is who is himself gay uh so i think it is a little bit deeper than just the audience's queer gaze because this film is shot with a queer gaze what um, are you talking about?
3: Rolled Emmerich I think made Stonewall, makes and Stonewall too. is the straightest movie in
0: existence. Okay, <laughs> let's let's take Stonewall out of the canon. That's a straight movie. I don't care what Stone, they say. Stonewall,
2: Stonewall is a straight movie about queer people that was made for the straight gays. And the fact that we even covered it on this podcast
1: is amazing to me. <laughs> Here fucking here. Yes. I completely agree. But, but think, no, this movie is a queer movie even if it is absolutely forced by studios to be camp. You can feel the camp that is being forced upon the movie every single scene where Nancy or Sarah is pining after Chris. It's just like no, that doesn't feel right. They are meant for each other, not for Chris. Chris is just the compet of society that's forced upon them.
0: I will say that this movie is, in fact, the liberal indoctrination that turned me queer. I, yes! I had a whole, I had a whole folder just of Farouza bulk pictures in my laptop when I was in middle school after Boys I watched this child. movie the first time. <laughs> it was that and buffy so you know (laughs) i think
2: one thing i also wanted to bring up is despite the like kind of unrealistic picture we get of witchcraft and paganism like being able to affect like super huge physical changes in the world i think one thing that this movie does really well is kind of touch on the things that make witchcraft and paganism so appetizing in the first place which is like ritual mysticism um like camaraderie fellowship all of those things that like humans crave when they go into like pagan ritual or like witchcraft practices it really kind of like when they go out into the woods and like cast their circle and are doing their spell like that to me is a really accurate representation of the things that make witchcraft and paganism great in the first place.
1: Oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. That brings up points for me just to talk way too much, but (laughs) (laughs) it's okay. We all have feelings about this movie. (laughs) This is one of my favorite movies and I watched it so many times in the nineties, but, uh, Yeah, so what you're talking about, like, yes, um, this movie, there's a reason why I call them the polyquad. Like, in polyamory, a quad relationship where every single, all four people in the relationship are romantically and sexually involved with each other is considered a quote-unquote mythical formation because it is inherently unstable. And unless everyone is incredibly good at communication and knows themselves really well, it's going to fall apart. And it's going to fall apart exactly how you see it happen in this movie. Where people take sides, and usually the majority take one side, and the other person feels completely isolated. On top of that, that moment in the woods where they're all coming together, like, uh, coming, together. like a... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> coming together. Sorry. You mean
0: commieing together?
1: A. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're not wrong. Like, it was an absolute orgasm metaphor. It was also, you're not wrong, an absolute communism worker solidarity metaphor. Um, so, but yes, um, my poly perspective on it as, you know, a poly guru for the Houston poly community. Um, yes, look me up. I am that. <laughs> hey Houston you got a guru
0: I love that Houston
1: Poly Cocktails second Monday of every night at JR's come on out I'm there I host it I am the leader of it um anyways (laughs) (laughs) the way that they forced Sarah into committing to unconditional commitment to the quote-unquote polyquad in that scene feels very true to the way that unhealthy polyamorous quads form in my experience and what I have observed in the wild, among others who have attempted to do such a
2: thing. Right? It seems like it's like the... The same reasoning that would drive someone to want to be, like, a member of a cult, say. Like, they're really craving, like, like society, um, human interaction, a sense of belonging, maybe, mm-hmm. like, a little bit of that ritual. Like, and I feel like it's a very, like, base human instinct to want to crave ritual and some ritual
1: form or and commitment and love and community like it's a powerful intoxicating combination of human instincts that, that are being utilized in that scene and she is absolutely being taken advantage of by Nancy in particular and the group as a whole and she's not ready to make that commitment and they force her to either be 100 percent committed to the group or 100 percent out of the group and that is cult thinking and also the way i've observed way too many times unicorn hunters seeking a third or a fourth for a polyamory (laughs) triad or quad
0: are they not just unicorn hunters though the way the beginning of the movie is like we need a third y'all (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm, there she goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: like, like, it's a triad looking for their them. fourth. but yeah, it's is.
2: sitting across the bar looking at Sarah being like, yep, that's the one. And then they sidle over to her, and they was like, hey, my wife and I were <laughs> oh, sitting over there. Oh, we thought
1: you looked yes. very nice. <laughs> one million percent. It's like, we saw you across the room. And we're just like, we thought you would be a perfect fit. For our it's two, her like.
2: She's our third <laughs> 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 But yeah I feel like In a more real life sense Like in a Definitely more healthy way Like these are the things that draw People to be like Part of polycules And like part of covens And like Like that draw to Organized religion as well It's all about that sense of belonging and ritual and like mysticism and being surrounded by people who are like you right and i feel mm-hmm. like it, it, mm-hmm. i feel like it does a really good job of like portraying that that all felt very oh, true true yes. to life to me
1: absolutely and it also portrays where that can be weaponized to become harmful, like there is absolute like power and usefulness in those concepts and those societal constructs, but yeah, if they are used improperly by people who are not aware of what they're doing, they can become weapons that. Drive stri- stakes into our heart and just destroy the relationships we're trying to build. Yeah, um, community
2: and ritual are both very potent drugs, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like that's what they are. That's what for they good are. And for bad, it's, yeah, it's like the sense of belonging is very like innate to our human desires, right? But also, it's something that can be very easily taken advantage of. All
0: right, folks. So what's the final verdict? Cryth, does this movie make you want to go out and uh, find a fourth? Or would you rather find yourself at a house party full of jocks drinking giant solo cups of beer? But, like, for real, though, there was no reason for those plastic cups to be so big.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, no, 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 no. I I wish I could be in the mythical polyamorous quad. <laughs> Everyone harmoniously gets along together. And the 30 minutes of this movie where that was happening that is the polyamorous lesbian dream of my life. <laughs>
0: All right, well, uh, we'll put you down for a unicorn hunting session in the future.
1: <laughs> please, please. I- I'm there for it.
0: <laughs> Nato, does this movie inspire you to let Jeez, I mean, uh, Manon, fill you up? Or would you rather be locked in a house full of scorpions and snakes before watching this again? <laughs> sure. I
3: threw the box pretty good in it.
0: Alright, well, it looks like you're not bulking to throw this movie <laughs> in the dumpster, so... <laughs> I mean,
3: it's it's a good 90s edgy goth movie, but I'm not gonna, like, dump on it. I liked a Bulk, I liked some of the effects, but, like, I don't know if I would personally go back to it, but I'm not gonna say it's bad. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair.
0: All right. And row. Est-ce que tu voudrais encore to watch this movie, as the French teacher (laughs) would probably say? Or would you rather sit in high school all over again, staring at your pencil and wishing you were anywhere else but there? (laughs)
2: Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, you have made one fatal assumption in your questioning, Amelia which is that you assume that I don't always just still stare at my pencil and wish I was anywhere else than where I actually am.
0: Well, hopefully you can
2: learn to teleport. (laughs) No, this is a good movie. That's the one magic
1: ability they don't show in the movie is teleportation. I think this is a really
2: great movie. Uh, It has a lot of really good things going for it if you can look past like the obviously 90 edgelord angle that they tried to take like oh we're so edgy because we have a main character who used to cut herself or that we have like a a goth lady who runs all the red lights or a homeless guy that chases people with snakes oh yeah we're so edgy
1: (laughs) Oh, and you have to remember <laughs> that she cuts herself the correct way down the street, not uh, across the street. Yeah, the fact that
2: they even referred to it as the correct way, I was like, Oh shit, they're really like <laughs> balls to the wall edge-lording this. They <laughs> they interviewed
0: some teenagers for this one. Oh yeah. I'm for surprised sure. they didn't
1: use that metaphor. Like they just said the correct way and didn't say down the street, not across the street.
2: Oh my yeah. god. I think, honestly, if you can get past that and, like, other, like, obviously triggering things that they've put into this movie, like, there's a lot to enjoy. I honestly think.
0: Alright, well, that's what we think, but if you've seen this movie or end up watching it later, we'd love to hear your thoughts or your experience with it. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at GayEcaPod, that's G-A-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. While you're there, why not suggest a movie for us to watch in the future? We're always looking for more suggestions. We can't wait to experience more movies with you. Bye!